One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 30. No way. All right, all right, we're coming right back in to another edition of the Scolders Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bradmerkel. With me, as always, my good friend, Mike Anderson. A little bit worse for the wear after this game. Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm all right. You're right. And with us also, special guest, Mike's own father, the legendary Dave Anderson. How are you doing tonight, Dave? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Not too bad, indeed. Vikings lose, of course, 24-10 to to the New England Patriots. Tough game to watch, kind of... Uh, Kind of didn't didn't really do much, um, but before we get into the Vikings, let's take a little trip around the league. Kind of some of the surprises that came out of this week. Um, you know how that affects our our beloved team's playoff chances. So I think the first up on the docket for me is uh, the Giants did it so solid and beat Chicago. Yeah. Thoughts on this gentleman? Chase Daniel. Uh, Chase Daniels couldn't get it done. So uh, we talked that that's an opportunity if Trubisky's out. And Giants managed to get a defensive score. Um, it was good enough. I mean, the Giants are a better team than their record indicates. Uh, we've talked about that all year. They've got some talent there. So, um, yeah, it was it was a great early slate of games for the Vikings. Unfortunately, they they could not take advantage of it. But I'm, you know, the I think the Bears have the Rams next week. Uh, I want to say so. You know, for you optimists, which we'll get to apparently, you two. Oh are, yeah. Um, you know, the Vikings are probably still control the north as crazy as it sounds is if you assume the rams beat the bears next week which um i think most people do so 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 david that brings it up there what do you think of the the bears team here you, you trust them well, to actually be able to take this you know it's interesting to me if you find out and we may never know this if trubisky is truly was ready and capable to play in that game because i think that they took the giants maybe a little lightly going into that <laughs> chicago did and and with Trubisky, if he was healthy enough to go out there and play, it does make you wonder if maybe they didn't make a mistake on that call, trying to rest him, knowing they were going in to a tough part of their schedule. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, but, I, but I agree with you, Mike. I mean, the thing is, Vikings, if we play better, obviously, we do control this division, I think, because Chicago does not have an easy route. You know, you figure with us in there, they've got Green Bay, energized coming off you know obviously what what's going on there yeah new coach it could, could, could be a wild card game in there you know you never know what's going to happen in that game the problem is is that we got to run the table and we got to have them drop two <laughs> well you know? but one of the two is going to be against us week 17 Correct. which i still Correct. think is so going to be for them, the division the rams take care of that and then we we obviously you know we control our own destiny and if we went out we win the division I, in my opinion. And I think I would tend to agree there, um, definitely. Yeah, hypothetically, if we went out, we would win. Yeah, hypothetically, if we went out, but everything's hypothetical until it happens, Mike. Right. So, hashtag believe. Hashtag did, believe. Did, did Trubisky, was he their backup this week or emergency quarterback, or did he not dress? I Honestly, I do not know. Okay. Um, I thought he dressed. I guess I didn't get a chance to watch that game. That was not one of the televised games with the yeah. – uh, They cut in at the end, and I do remember seeing him – getting pretty excited when they tied that game up. But yeah, I don't remember. Things fell Chicago's way there. I mean, that onside kick and 
yeah, I don't know the the pass interference, the things that went along that way. I mean, they were going to throw that ball regardless, I guess. But realistically, right. Right. you know, there there's a lot of things that went their way to get them in that position, and all I could think about was no, 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 don't let this happen. Right, right. Um, but just a, I guess a, another around the NFC North there. Every single NFC North team lost this week. Uh, obviously, the Packers losing to the Cardinals in a missed field goal, which I thought was endlessly hilarious because that's <laughs> that's just the Packer thing right now. Yeah, you know that did put me in a much better room uh, mood, obviously. And then uh, our our bikes had to kind of wreck that. But right. anytime I can see Aaron Rodgers with a scowl on his face, it's a good day for me. True, it had to been the quietest uh, I've seen Packer Twitter in a in a oh, game. Absolutely. I mean, I I was throwing jabs out because I wa- that game was on, of course, and. Um, I was thrown out like this is an absolute pathetic performance for a team that knows it has to win out, whatever. Not even a response to that because I mean people just knew it. I mean there was you're at home and you can't beat a you can't get up for a two win uh, Arizona team, you know. And whoa, 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 now three win, three win now, yeah. Well, they beat the 49ers twice in Green Bay, I think. I someone told me. Yeah. <laughs> a team from the desert comes to the frozen yeah. tundra of Lambeau Field. That's the yeah. other thing, yeah, and it's a snowy day there. Like, like a I December mean, day in, in Green Bay, and you can't even take that one. Of course, yeah. McCarthy was was relieved of his duties after uh, after the special game. assistant to the offensive coordinator, Mike McCarthy, to the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we we do have a we do have a recycling program. It appears <sighs> goes through. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen there. It's going to be definitely interesting to see where he ends up and what uh, what the Vikings do this offseason, but that's a different podcast. Yeah. We won't quite get into that yet this week. I actually week, think I the Lions, uh, just to give the Lions small credit for you know a very few time, uh, they actually held the, the, the Rams game. That game was close uh, in it was the second close half. Late, yes. So give the Rams a little bit of credit, or uh, the Lions a little bit of credit for keeping it close um, against, you know, I, I think at this point, clearly the best team in the NFC. Um, yep, the other big surprise we saw on Thursday, Cowboys taking it to the Saints. Yeah. Um, that that one was a conundrum and a half for me. I, I, I don't know what you make of that, if that's a start of the Saints' downcline, or is it just, you know, they just had an off week? You know, it's a copycat league, and I do think that obviously Dallas showed how you can get Drew Brees off of his spot and make him have to kind of, you know, he's only six foot tall. He's not a really tall guy. So, I mean, they were pushing up the middle with a ton of pressure. They hit him several times. They sacked him, obviously. And you could tell Breeze looked really rattled. I have not seen that before in him, not very often. Yeah, I think it takes a lot of pressure to get him in that state because, like you said, he's he's a guy that gets the ball off quick and he never really gets into that that kind of rattled state of mind. It always seems like he's calm, cool, collected, no matter what you're doing to him. That that last throw, I just I can't explain it. I mean, to, to watch him throw that interception was you know, with the game on the line, so to speak, it's like, wow, where'd that come from, you know? Yeah, you don't see that too often from him. No. Um, a couple other notes to touch on here. We got Jaguars beating the Colts 6-0. to zero. If, <laughs> if you were to ask me if I was predicting any game to end with six total points, this would not have been one of them. No. But based on what the Colts were doing the last few weeks, just lighten it up. Well, Jag's <laughs> defense has not been that great this year. No. Yeah, and then they throw up this performance, which is like, just an out-of-body performance of the Jaguars this year. I don't know what's what's going on there, but their playoff hopes, I think, at this point are done. Jacksonville's, yeah, definitely. Jacksonville's definitely. But, I mean, the Colts still have a shot to, to sneak in there late right? if they can put together a string here. I, and they I, have I, put together a nice string. They started horribly. 
yeah, I think they, they had won five in a row. I think up to that point. Yeah, five or six in a row. Yeah. I I don't know. I blame myself. I you know I dropped Bailey this week to cut ties with him, <laughs> and then I picked up Vinatieri, and of course he goes for zero. Yep. I just can't. I'm cutting kickers in all fantasy leagues next year. I'm pushing for it. I, I think that's probably going to be the, the trend here because they're just not reliable as they once were Good for God. you know static eight points and maybe at 15 out of them one week. Now it's like zero, negative two. Some weeks are doing negative 25 for a missed kick, which you is know, ridiculous. One thing I thought was interesting in that game, and I know the Colts early on, they went for two, I think in one of their early losses. Uh, remember, they went for two to try to win the football game and ended up losing by a point. Yep. Um, in this game, they had a similar situation. They got down to, like, the Jacksonville, I want to say, like, 15 with, like, four minutes left, and they opted to go for it instead of kick a field goal to cut it to 6-3. And then they got the ball back again with two minutes and got right back down there. So, you know. Could have tied the probably yeah, Probably could have tied game. the game and took it into right. overtime. Sure. But, right. Uh, I, you know, I I don't know what the math is on that. I, my my guess is the the projected math is, is oh, very yeah. similar either way you do it. But yeah, I don't know. Um, just a weird game to to kind of see unfold there. Um, last one I want to touch on here is uh, Panthers seventeen, Buccaneers twenty four. Panthers team would what was looking like a pretty solid team here. You have now lost a couple of kind of really just odd games they shouldn't have lost. They lost four in a row now. Something four like that. In a row. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe they're the team that that they should be based on the injuries, and they were just overplaying for a while there. Um, they're in the same boat as the Colts here. Their playoff chances are on, on lifeline right now. I'm I'm not sold on Cam. That's just my opinion. You know, he's a heck of an athlete, but you know, I think time has proven that great athletes in the quarterback position don't necessarily add up to victories. I mean, he did get him to the Super Bowl, but. I just, if you make that guy throw the ball and and don't allow him to beat you with his feet, it just seems like he can't get it done. I mean, what a weapon he's got there. I'm, you know, uh, McCaffrey, geez, the guy's putting up, you know, he's just a stud when it comes, especially fantasy numbers, but <laughs> between receiving and rushing and for a little guy, you know, I don't know. I mean, Olsen, arguably one of the best tight ends, you know, in the league over time. He's getting a little older. Obviously, he got hurt. Funches was back. Yeah, I did not expect that game to go that way. I really did not. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the Bucks are a weird team this year. We've seen them beat the Saints. We've seen them lose. Well, divisional the, game. You know, yep. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like I said, in any in any interdivisional game, all bets are off. It doesn't matter how right. good you are, how bad you are. Any team can beat any team. In right. I mean, realistically, game. the Bucks are going to be a game out of the playoffs after tonight, most likely. It's seven yeah. losses. I mean, they're still they're they're still very much alive in the NFC. Well, yeah, if they were if they were on the table right now, they could take yeah. a spot. Um, I, I don't expect them to do that, but no, but I mean, I expect them to be one loss away from making the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, unless there's anything else for you guys around the league, um, we can jump into Vikings. But uh, anything else from you guys? No, I mean no, nothing. Not really, it was a fun week, but yeah, well, a lot of uh, interesting games, a lot of upsets. So uh, yeah, let's jump into some Vikings here. So. We walk into New, uh, New England's, not not New Orleans, New England, and uh, yeah, so that happened, Mike. <laughs> Poor kid, I tell you, he's, you know, he's a survivalist, though. We're going to live to play another week. I, I do think it, it's odd, you know, that the start to that game was not the way we wanted it to go, defensively especially, to jump out immediately and have defensive breakdowns. That gives Tom Brady... A little bit of a rhythm, right? 
that's all he de- that's all he needs. Yeah, I, I think typically the Zimmer the Zimmer's defense mo is he gives you up he gives up a touchdown typically in the first couple drives, right, and then he kind of settles into what he needs to do. However, like you said, the danger with that is if you do that to a, a guy like Tom Brady, he's going to break you after that. So you have to be very careful of what you're willing to give up to try and understand what their tendencies are. As in my opinion, is you have to be very careful with that. I, I, I like being more aggressive in a first drive like that, and I, I didn't really feel like we were aggressive at all on defense, really. I, well, yeah. And I just say, you know, Tom Brady, the other thing, that their offensive line did a wonderful job. You know, they kept that pocket clean. They allowed him to slide up uh, when he needed to. I mean, I, I don't know how many times. We did not get to him enough defensively, even pressure him. I mean, he was clean the entire first half. And what did he maybe had a couple hits on him and one sack? I mean, you can't have a guy like that stand back there. The man's 41 years old. you got to put him on the ground a couple of times. And we didn't really even pressure him. No, not you know, at all. And that's, that's a killer. You can't let him. <coughs> He's just throwing BBs, you know. It's just like and he gets rid of the ball quick. I get that. Right. But he needed to bust up the middle there. They needed to get him out running, get those legs a little tired. And we didn't do any of that. He was so comfortable back there. That's probably one of my biggest frustrations of watching that game was just how comfortable he was in that pocket. I think we said in the, the, the previous show coming into it that one of the keys was to actually pressure him, get him off his spot, and kind of make him feel uncomfortable in the pocket. And we did not do that at all. We didn't. I don't even recall a time we showed blitz, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised if it was under five times we actually showed a blitz package. <laughs> when we did, he ran for a first down. <laughs> right. Tell me that wasn't coming. I, I'm not sure what happened there. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, I'll let you work on the positives here because I know you have very few. You know, why don't I think we should just start every game at about the seven minute mark of the first quarter and we can be down seven to zero. It would just save time for everyone. We can get rid of our first three and out, the inevitable drive down the field by the other team to score a touchdown, maybe even 10 zero. Typically, we send it, we like that seven to 10 to nothing and then we get going. I, okay. I would like, have we got a first down on our first possession this year? <laughs> Honestly. I, I would have to look at the stats, but yeah, it doesn't seem like it happens very often. And we always end up in like third and one, and then we just don't get it. I mean, it's... Well, I, I think that's more a product of the offensive line not doing a good enough job rush blocking, but that, that's a whole different conversation there. Right. I, there, there really were not many positives in this game for me, as you know. Well, uh, you have one Delvin, on there. Yeah, Delvin. You know, nine rushes for 84 yards. You're averaging over nine a carry. Seems like maybe you might want to give the guy more than nine carries. I don't know. That's just me. But here's here's my frustration with that. So in this game, the rushing game is effective with Dalvin Cook getting out in space and, and cutting some some pretty big runs. And then what you do is you abandon it for seemingly no reason. But then there's other games where literally it's 20 carries for 40 yards, and you're still pounding the the, the rock in the third fourth quarter. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me why they did that. He's he's a home run hitter. I mean, the guy is again. He can be a dynamic player for this offense, but they have to they have to build this around him. You know, we talk about Diggs and and you know you look at Thielen in the receiving game, but realistically, I think for this offense to click, they need to build this thing around Cook. Because you look at all the great teams that have done this in the past. You look at Le'Veon Bell. You look at what McCaffrey's hap- what's happening down in Carolina. These guys have dynamic people coming out of the backfield that are game changers. Melvin Gordon. You know, everybody that's doing well has these type players, and it opens up the rest of it. It opens up the passing game if you do this. And to have nine rushes, 
yeah, what was it? He, had, he was averaging over nine yards a carry. He did and average, he, yeah, over nine a carry. So, you know, and why they pound him sometimes, too, I think is because he is, he's got that home run threat. You know, he's going to break through. If he gets through the line once, he's gone. Well, you know, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that sentiment. I'm okay with that, you know, the whole Adrian Peterson famine, famine, famine feast type of strategy. But the problem I have with the way we're utilizing him in, in that rush capacity when we're going up against a brick wall is we're doing it between the tackles. Right. We we can't run effectively between the tackles. That is not what we've historically seen in the two years of Dalvin we've seen. That is not where he has his explosiveness. That is not where he, he creates missed tackles. It's off tackle. It's these screens. It's these, these jet sweeps that he's getting out in space and making guys miss. That's where he excels. That's where O-line typically excels in rush blocking. So why aren't we doing that more? Why are we set on rushing between the tackles when it doesn't work? Well, and they took him out and they put Murray in. Well, that changes the whole defensive complex for New England, too, because they don't have to worry as much about Murray because he is a pounded between the tackles guy. And then we started running him. They started running outside with him as well. And that's not what he does well either. And it was a very confusing use of personnel, I thought. Dalvin Cook should be on that field almost every single down. I mean, he really should in some capacity, whether they put him out as a wide receiver or whatever, but he's a weapon and they really need to utilize him. I realize the guy's been injured a lot, but, you know. He's healthy now, and if they can figure it out this last quarter of the season, who knows what we can do. It. If we can see it by watching games as fans on the weekends, these guys watch these tapes and watch these tapes and watch these tapes. They've got to be able to see that. At least you hope, because otherwise I don't know what they're doing. Well, they're trying. It seems to me like sometimes they're trying to trick people into thinking they're doing something, and they think they're going to catch them by going the other way. And it's like, no. If you're good at something, continue to do it. Yeah. You know, don't get cute with it. Just be yourself. No. Yeah, I mean, and it, they, it'll get simplified. I promise <coughs> you, Zimmer will have this thing down to <laughs> three plays simplified. Well, and they did. They did try to get him the ball. You know, he had ten targets. He had eight catches uh, for twenty-two yards only. Um, but you saw a little bit more like we did that, that first first game of the year where they're throwing to him, trying to get him the ball in space. Uh, but it was working from the, you know, it just why did you go away from it? Um, Cousins had 32 attempts for 200 yards. I mean, that's, what it, that's roughly seven yards of completion. It's just, I mean, another game where I think Cousins had an opportunity to really put points on the board. And I don't know, it's... It's been disappointing. DiFilippo, I don't know. I keep hearing he's the rumor for all these coaching jobs, and at this point, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm fine if he goes. <laughs> he's sliding down that list pretty quickly. And, and I'll say this. I, I don't mind having DiFilippo carrying over into next year. I, I feel like a second year with the same quarterback, the same uh, OC, the same personnel, it can be beneficial. However, if you were to go, I wouldn't be that distraught. It's, yeah. I don't think he's going to have the options that he was afforded this last year coming off that Super Bowl win. I think his, you know, you can maybe say that the, the his ability to try and be so creative right now is maybe trying to show off a little bit. But I would think that you would need results to be considered. But they're looking at these young guys. They want these young coordinators taking over these teams. Yeah, and uh, that's, that's one thing Mike was talking about is uh... – your defensive strategy isn't really what what the game plan is right now. I think honestly, if this if this entire football team and Zimmer's coaching strategy was teleported ten years in the past, we'd have a couple Lombardis right now. Yeah, but it's just everything is so high powered offense that you can't really keep pace with a stout defense because they're still going to get lucky breaks on you no matter how good you are, and you have to right. be able to put up 
20, 30 points a game to win games. Right. I just feel we have the personnel offensively to do that. They do. I, I just believe that we do. Yeah. No, I, I think it's one of the most talented offensive teams from a weaponry standpoint in the league, and that's the frustrating thing is what? Are, why aren't we putting points up? And, and I get you were close on a couple of Thielen drops that pass, um, well, you know, it, a longer pass that he got behind triple coverage. The the interception to Robinson was, you know, what, six inches from short. not yeah, yeah not even yeah you know that's almost a dropped in touchdown and and it just i mean i don't know you had a couple of well i think most minnesota fans thought were pass interference that could have been called in the end zone should have been uh on i don't remember if it was back to back if it wasn't it, it was, was really back close to back, yes. yeah um so i mean i get it but we're, we're you and i were talking we're out of the time you can't make excuses anymore you've got four weeks left right. and you you certainly need to go three and one if not four and oh to make the playoffs well, and we've talked about it in the past couple of weeks. Is it always seems like we're finding new ways to lose games, and and now it's okay. Now Thielen makes a couple drops, and you know we have a couple bad calls that don't go our way that really should have been. So it's like we're finding new ways to continue to lose games, and it just doesn't. It's frustrating as a fan to watch that because. You know, one game you'll have a stout defense. The next game you'll put up forty points in offense. The next game you'll you'll you know get uh, a lucky break on special teams. It's just like if we can put it freaking together one game, you have a really good football team, but it never comes together. Yeah, the mistakes need to stop. I mean, and even as simple as you know, you look at Thielen and those two drops that he had. I mean, those are, in the scheme of things, those are big plays. And, you know, and he doesn't do that. We're not used to him seeing that the same, you know, when the Saints, when he fumbled. We're not used to seeing those kind of things. But those are the little things that are keeping us from taking that next step. And we got to clean them up. I mean, or it's going to be a long off season. Right. Yeah. And I, I think the frustrating thing is you had a defense that has not been very good this year. Um, and you... <laughs> they look like world beaters. You know, you, you didn't... And then you have Dalvin that had an explosive day running the ball, but you, yet you're only able to come up with whatever it was, ten, 10 points. points. You know that that's not even frustrating. That's a that's a cause for concern. Is that, and that's where I'm at. You know, right? You, you have all these names, you have all these players that are just putting up volume stats like crazy, and you're still only able to put up ten points on a defense that's ranked 22nd in the league. And they didn't really kill themselves here. You know, like this wasn't a game where oh we fumbled in the red zone, we whatever. Right. I mean, you had that pass and but. They didn't really hang. It was a 10-10 game going basically into the fourth quarter, pretty close. I think right. they scored with like you know a minute and a half left in the yeah, third. There, right. it was really close to the end of the third you quarter. Know, so your defense is doing everything to keep you on the road against Tom Brady. Ten points almost going into the fourth quarter on the road outside in December. And you, I mean, that's just you. You have to do better. You got you got to figure it out. And now you go into you're going across the coast and to another extremely difficult place to play. Yeah. It's not going to get any easier next week. Nope. So there, there's no easy left, I don't think. And they're one of the hottest teams right now, I would say, in the NFL. Seattle. They're confident. Extremely confident. Maybe we can use that to our advantage. Well, we couldn't get to Brady, so I guess maybe Wilson will come to us, huh? Right, yeah. Um, so one other note here is... Uh, Dealing with some secondary injuries, and obviously injuries are never an excuse, you know. But at a certain point, you're down to your depth so far that it does matter. You got the Sheryls was in there a significant portion of the game. Yeah, I saw Harris might have been injured at some point. Um, Rhodes was kind of in and out. Waynes went out early with a concussion. So you're, you're you're dealing with 
your fourth, fifth, sixth string guys at this point after you've had um, Hughes go out, you've had Groves, like I said, injured, you had all these guys go down already. So obviously that plays a factor when you have a guy like Tom Brady who can take advantage of that. Yeah, no, that, I mean, the, the depth hurt us. Rhodes was clearly on some sort of a, I don't know if it was a snap count, but he wasn't in every single play. Um, towards the end, he was in pretty often, but I think it was because we he had to be in. I mean, they, right. you know, Waynes was lost too. I think a concussion protocol was out for the game. Um, anytime Cheryl's is playing that much, that's a problem. I mean, it, yeah. you know, he's he's not, we don't want him out there on defense realistically. His his, his position should not read as cornerback. It should read no. as ST special teams. Right, right. And then Harris, like I said, um, you know, I think the Vikings might have made some money up for Harris, uh, a player that I think we all like long-term. Um, but clearly, uh, you saw him be exposed a couple times. Now, he did make a great saving tackle uh, to prevent, I forget who it was, get into the end zone right down uh, kind of on the one-yard line, made a really nice tackle on a one-on-one play. But, um, yeah, it. I mean, the defense, it was a weird game, I guess. When you take the injuries into account and the fact that it's Brady and everything else, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, I would maybe give him a C-plus type of a grade, but it was a weird game. I mean, I yeah, they're... There's a lot of problems right now. There's a lot of leaks. <laughs> yeah, you you know, you just got to be able to answer back. I agree. You know, when you look at that, as, as bad as you might feel like that defense played initially, when you consider that Brady scored that touchdown with, you know, I believe it was under two minutes left in the third quarter when they yeah. finally had 17 to 10, you know, that's three quarters to hold Brady to 10 points, still be in that football game. We just needed that offense to step up a little bit. You know, in fact, it'd be interesting to find out how many times they actually ran the ball in the fourth quarter because I don't think they ran the ball 15 times total. New England, you're talking about? No, us. When we were trying to get back in, you know, we were doing so well in the running game. I wonder how many runs we really had because they literally went away from the run. I, we had 13. I, I, I think that's telling you because there Cook was... had nine and Latavius had four total, 13 rushes in the game. Yeah, okay, there was there was a, a quote from Zimmer saying that you thought the offense panicked after it went 17-10, um, which... What you're saying to me makes a lot of sense because if we panicked, we went away from the run. We thought it was too late for some reason. I don't know why if you're only down a score, but if we panicked, went away from the run, that is very telling. We can't. Our offensive line cannot hold up to Kirk Cousins dropping back and passing 45 Here, times a game. Here's the thing, though. He was only pressured on like 30% of dropbacks. Right. That's, I but think, his best rate of time. the season. I know, but that's still his best rate of the season, and he still yeah. put up this performance. Yeah, they had right. two runs in the fourth quarter. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just that's not a balanced offense. That's panic. Yeah. Oh, the definition of panic. Now, granted, a majority of the fourth, um, you know, we were down. Uh, you know, they, sc- they, they went up by 14 at about the 11-minute mark, so you were down by two scores a majority of that quarter. But sure, sure. When, when you're picking up 9, 10 yards a clip on the ground, Keep I don't on know. Doing I'd, it. I'd still mix, continue to mix it in. And, and like I said, if you're doing those jet sweeps, you're doing those off tackle runs. You're running towards the sideline anyway, so it's really not a concern to try to get out of bounds and save time. Yeah, you can get there fairly easily if you're running off that way. You know, they they made the comment going into this game that Belichick makes you left-handed, so to speak. So for us lefties out there, that's not such a bad thing. But when you really think about it, you knew he was going to take away Diggs and Thielen, and he did that's pretty much what he wanted to do, and that. That is, I think, why initially Cook was having some success because of what Bilicek was doing to keep us from that passing game the way we've been doing it. And we went away from that. And I think if we would have stuck with it longer, 
they would have had to make some concessions and some decisions on their defense that would have changed the I it could have changed the outcome but it certainly would have we would have been better off moving that ball and sticking with that run because you knew that Belichick was taking that passing game away from us right okay now one thing just on that note correct me if I'm wrong but John DiFilippo was not calling the offensive plays for Philadelphia that was still Doug Peterson correct I believe so yes yeah right so my theory here is is that's just that's inexperience from DiFilippo just not not sticking to his plan, not trusting his plan enough, and letting it pan out. Yeah. Well, and and part of it too is you got to remember that Cousins has got some latitude in there to change plays as well, based on what he's seeing. Now I don't know how much they've given him, but as a veteran quarterback, I'm assuming that he does have the ability to see a certain setup in front of him and then check out of a play. Sure. And um, you know, so you're going to have a little bit of that as well. All right. Um, let's see, we talked about offense. We talked about our defense. Talk about the rest of the league and how they helped us out this in this game. Um, we lost, but so did almost every single other playoff contender we're against. Um, Carolina lost, Chicago lost, Atlanta lost, Green Bay lost, and Washington or Philadelphia is going to lose tonight. Hopefully, I know Vikings fans is going to feel weird. You want to root for Philadelphia because it evens the table more. So we got help in in the, the playoff race. If our goal is to get the playoffs, we're still in good shape. Sixty-seven percent chance. Yeah, I mean it. Like like you said, and I guess I heard Zimmer had the same message. It's still right out in front of you. Um, that's what he told the team. Um, but I just I I don't know. I the more I'm rethinking it back on this game, it's like where was the fire and where it just I don't know. It seems like we're more almost at a boiling over point than we are a unity come together and and let's go, let's get this. And I it's concerning for me. I just I don't know. I'm not getting the right vibe right now from this team. Well, okay. What do you mean by boiling over point? What like I just. It, I, like something like frustration level boiling over. Yeah, the players are not together. I don't feel the glue. I don't see the excitement when they're making plays necessarily. I don't know. I it just seems like a lot of frustration um, all over the place. I mean, obviously Zimmer is passive aggressive in a lot of his press conferences. He's frustrated with some of the play calling. I think people are dropping the ball. People, you know, it's just I don't know. It's it seems like this is a year that we're just gonna have to sweep under the rug, and it's gonna be frustrating. And we're not even gonna know how it happened or why it happened, but. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. I would agree there, there's – I'm not getting that same feeling, you know, that, that there's things going on. But I think also in the boiling point, you know, you look at a couple of the deals where they're arguing with the refs and they're arguing with the other players, and, you know, there's a lot of that energy that's going, and I think sometimes that does start to happen when the little things keep going wrong. <laughs> you You continually want to have something good happen for you, and you feel like – those little things keep biting you, and then that starts to get – you're expecting it to happen, and you've got to play through that. And hopefully they're mature enough as a team, and Zimmer's got these guys going that he can get them talked through this, and we'll know next week. I mean, that's – that's you know, if you're going to look at a must-win, I, I would say that's probably about as close as it gets because we're going to be able to say that every week. But So it, it feels a little bit like quicksand, like like my one of my favorite movie quotes from The Replacements. You, you make a mistake, then you make another and then another, and it just feels like sooner or later you're over your head, like quicksand. Yep. Just can't get out. Yep. Yeah, I again, I don't know. It's just <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason. Some like we'll throw up 37 or 8 against the Jets, and then you play a defense like the Patriots, where the defense is doing enough to keep you in, and your offense can't put up points. And 
then you have these, you know, the Rams game was exciting. It's back and forth. It was like, we are going to score. It's more who has the ball left. You know, like, yeah, I don't yeah, understand yeah. how your team can be that different on a game-to-game basis. Like, every time we touched the ball in that Rams game, I felt like we were going to score a touchdown. We were moving it at just giant clips through the like, – that's the other thing. Let's take some more chances downfield or the middle of the field. Maybe stretch the field a little bit. I, where when is that? Know, when you know the other team's going to take away – your your bread and butter, which is the throwing game, you know that the mid level passes to your tight ends and your wide receivers, and you don't put together a game plan to go in there and attack them differently. I just that's a fail. I mean, to yeah. me, that's a fail. Yeah, yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I think you just watch this game and you see how the play calling broke down in critical instances, and I don't think anyone can come away with anything other than a complete and utter systematic failure. Yeah, I mean, you look at what we did to Aaron Rodgers when he had, we knew he had to pass, you know, one of the best. But when we're sitting back on our, you know, when we can rush the quarterback and you know that they're not going to be able to run the ball to beat you, it changes the defense can play much more aggressively. And I just think we didn't take advantage of an opportunity there. And it was there, it was for the showing. You saw it. I mean, we saw the success we had. And to just have that disappear, that, that does say panic or something like we talked about earlier. Yep. Um, well, I guess looking at the bright side, we have one final outdoor game to play, and that is Monday night against Seattle. After that, we go play Dolphins at home. Then we go play Detroit at Ford Field. And then we play Chicago Bears at home. So, right. as we said, everything's ahead of us, but I think if we're to actually make a run, you absolutely must make a statement at Seattle. You have to win. I mean, you, you, you not only win. You have to win convincingly enough to where everything looks like it's it's clicking and, and on, on the table. I don't I don't see any way that that happens right now. I mean, there's no, what con, we haven't beat anybody. I mean, the teams that we've beat are terrible. Yes, but Mike, we get a whole extra day to prepare. Yeah. I, I, as long as we get out of there at the win, I don't care how it happens. That's where I'm. Well, at. and and I think that beating Seattle in Seattle is a statement win all by itself. To be honest with you, I don't know that you need to go in there and win by twenty. I think the fact that you can go into Seattle and steal a victory from a team that's in the playoff hunt with you, um, a team that chances are pretty good, whoever loses that game, the other team's got a really big chance of taking that spot. You know you know that Seattle's not going to win that division, so they're doing the wild card dance all the way through. And we've got a chance of winning the division and or a wild card. And if that's not motivation enough to go in and give your best game and leave it all on the field, then I don't know what else is there is to motivate these people. I, I just think you're going to get a Seattle team that basically knows if they win that football game, they're probably making the playoffs because I, I view the Vikings as well, such a huge swing. record-wise, the Vikings are going to be their biggest opponent for you know one of those spots. And if they can go in and beat them, I mean, unless they lose out, they're going to make the playoffs. And so you're yeah. going to get a really confident, motivated ready-to-roll team, and I just I haven't seen that from our football team, and certainly in primetime I haven't seen it. So I I will be picking the Seattle Seahawks to win, and my score prediction right now will not be close. <laughs> I've got I've got time to think about this. Yeah, I, I'm going to take a few days and think about it. One day is a little bit raw. I think be thinking about that quite yet. But, you know, we'll see how this coaching staff responds. We'll see what, what Zimmer does. He mentioned a little bit of, possibly passing off more adjustment duty to George Edwards so he can focus more on the offense, which, honestly, he should be doing that anyway. I don't think he should be calling plays. I think right now he's got his hand in too many pots. 
and he needs to just continue. He needs to pull back and actually be a true CEO of the team. And I think until that happens, I don't think we're going anywhere. Yeah, he's got it. They've got to do something. I mean, it's the offense is not responding to what's happening right now, not consistently enough. And we've the the players are there. The players are there. Yeah, that's what we were saying. Like this team has got plenty of talent, but for whatever reason, it's just not coming together. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens here after the season. Hopefully, we'll have a couple playoff games, more than one. Hopefully, but and you should have a you have a great opportunity to have a home playoff game. But and I think this whole fan base is just frustrated. And let let's show show the team that we thought they could be. Right, they are. Who we thought they were. Hopefully, we can say that on Monday. We let them off the hook. <laughs> Rest in well, peace, Danny. Washington's in for a nosedive here with the injuries they've had. Uh, you know, the chances of them continuing going forward, I don't think they're going to be much. No. You know, it's going to come down to basically Seattle. I mean, Carolina, I think, will get back on their game uh, and maybe get back in the mix a little bit. But you got Philly that's going to sneak in there. I mean, they're going to, you know, they're going to be, you know, six and six probably after tonight. You'd think, but. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, again, a matchup. So, like you said, Ed, you take that and throw it right out the window because it just doesn't matter at yeah. all. But I, I think that we just, we got to take care. We know we got to take care of our own business. If we win out, we make the playoffs, plain and yep. simple. If yep. we don't, we need extreme amounts of help. It, it is really if, we went out, I, if we went out, I got to believe there's a 90% chance that we're the division winner. And I, I think I would tend to agree, and I think Mike, you tend to agree with that too. problem is... Yeah. I don't think any one of us can see that clearly right now based on what we've seen this last no. six games. No, no. So I think that wraps up unless you guys got any other notes on this current situation for this Vikings team. No. No, I, I think that the bumper music should be Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 a good jam, and that might be appropriate by the time we get on the, the bus there. So It's um, going to be every week. Every week, man. Yeah. And you know we're halfway there, man. We're halfway there. Yep. We can get it done. <laughs> All right. So, Scolders.com, part of the Climb in the Pocket Network, ClimbingThePocket.com. I'm at Namok7 on Twitter. Musky underscore Mike. Dave, you got a Twitter? No, sir, I don't. But we're, thank you for the invite, and I had a great time with you guys. We're, we're going to get Dave on Twitter. Thank you for joining us, Dave. It was great talking some Vikings with you. Um, always, always a treat. Looking forward to having you back on soon. And, All right. Uh, gonna wrap it up for us so skull vikes let's go out there let's get this win stay tuned for the preview show of seattle and uh everything's ahead of us let's go boys let's go. Skull.